0: Welcome back to The Works Podcast. October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. At GST Michigan Works, we believe it is so important to raise awareness of the employment potential of people with disabilities. This year, the U.S. Department of Labor announced a theme for National Disability Employment Awareness Month, and it's the right talent right now, and we couldn't agree more. This aims to emphasize the essential role that people with disabilities play in our country's economic success. Today, I'm pleased to welcome our guest from the Disability Network, Luke Sully. Hello, and welcome to The Works, a podcast by GST Michigan Works,
1: where we explore strategies
0: to attract and retain the best talent Michigan has to offer. So without
1: further ado, here's your host, Jesse Bilyeu.
0: Welcome back to The Works Podcast. This month we have the opportunity to talk with Luke Selle from the Disability Network. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month, and at GST Michigan Works we believe it's important to raise awareness about the employment potential of people with disabilities. So we thought, who
1: better to invite to our table than you, Luke? So welcome. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here and you know really talk about this important population of folks that um, often gets overlooked yeah. and has a ton of talent and is ready, like right now, to be hired.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the Disability Network and the work that you do.
1: Yeah. So the Disability Network, we are a local private nonprofit here in Genesee County and we really believe in a world where everyone has value. And so part of that at the network is helping to connect people, uh, really people, anybody, people with disabilities, um, could be seniors, parents, um, young kids, old, doesn't matter, age, disability. uh, We want to connect them in the classroom. We want to connect them in the workplace. We want to connect them in their community. Mm -hmm. We want to connect them in their families because we just believe everybody has potential.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the discussions that we have on the WORKS podcast a center around community.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, obviously we work very much in the talent space, but, you know, without a place, talent, you know, can't thrive. Right. And so, you know, it is very important to create a, a vibrant community. And I was looking at your site and some of the fun things that you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, we we're talking in the preparation time here about repelling from buildings and kayaking and kind of putting a whole different face on. Uh, The work that you do. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll kind of start by saying that um, about four years ago, our board uh, looked at our community. You know, what uh, does the assets and talent look like? Uh, And what we looked at... um, was for Flint, our goal is to have Flint and Genesee County have the highest percentage of people with disabilities working in the nation. And so, again, I think um, this conversation right here at this time is so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the 20,000 folks with disabilities in Flint who aren't working, Mm -hmm. and you've got 43% of them have a college education, so there's talent there, Mm -hmm. and how do you get them off the sidelines? How do you reach out to them? And they're not always signing up for... um, Uh, job fair or resume workshop. So, uh, yeah, we're doing innovative things like inclusive kayaking. We are repelling over 10-story buildings. And when you see somebody in a wheelchair or somebody with a disability repelling 10 stories, I mean, all of a sudden the thought of working or accommodating somebody in the workplace doesn't seem so far-fetched. It doesn't seem so difficult. Um, So a lot of what we've done over the last two, three years is really trying to change the perception and the way people think about disabilities.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. In the the prep for this, you had sent me a great resource, which I would love to share in the show notes for this podcast and our website. Um, But it really is such an eye-opener when you think about, um, you know, you mentioned in our conversation uh, being bold enough to have difficult conversations and and change people's minds about what a disability is or, or looks like or maybe doesn't look like. Um, So I I noticed that on your site there's a number of resources like that, um, and you realize how often you're involved in conversations that maybe are using even old language. Yes,
1: uh, I'll tell you, some of this started with um, some conversations with local business leaders, but there was a a corporate trainer that Diplomat hired, uh, Dave Rendell, that talked about um, his training is around freak factor, and it's really embracing your weaknesses as a strength. Oh, yeah. And so we started to think, like, what if disability wasn't uh, a tragic thing? What if it wasn't a stigma? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if it wasn't just people in wheelchairs, who are people who are blind and people who are deaf? It is those uh, folks, but it's also people with diabetes, it's people with learning disabilities, ADHD, asthma. It's so much broader. Yeah. And as Dave Rendell has uh, training, you know, when he looks at uh, weaknesses, you know, a lot of times folks. Um, who might be perceived as a weakness that they are uh, blunt or rude. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also a strength. They're honest and they're direct. Mm-hmm. And when you start to look sure. at people's weaknesses as a potential strength and put them in positions where they can be successful, yeah. uh, you might not want somebody blunt and direct on the customer service side of things, but yeah. you might want them in operations yeah. or someone that uh, is really you know, viewed as a weakness, that they're really rigid mm-hmm. or they're too structured. And that's a person you want in your finance department, someone that's going to follow the rules and interpret things the right way. So part of that, uh, again, is trying to look at our community in Flint and that 20,000 people with disabilities who are just waiting to be asked Mm -hmm. to work, Mm -hmm. not as a weakness or a population that doesn't have skills, it's just the opposite. Uh, They have college education, they have soft skills, and so how do you draw that talent in? Uh, And so... You know, part of what we're doing, uh, we can talk more about, is uh, some of the trainings that are happening at the Chamber of Commerce and yes. some great initiatives in Flint in hiring and in recruiting companies.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about twenty thousand people mm-hmm. in a community that are on the sidelines ready to go to work, you know the work that we do every day working with employers. I mean, the the need for talent is so great, and uh, you know the tools. I feel like you know trainings and, and additional opportunities for networking for businesses around this conversation are so important because it's shifting from the limit limitation conversation to um, accessibility as an everyday thought um, even as you're describing those particular characteristics for example the the finance person being very detail oriented you know we're used to doing that mm-hmm. every day and figuring out ways around it or we have expectations of uh, individuals in customer service because that's you know they have the, the right skill set for that or personality yes. type for that. And you know I think that they the, the old way of thinking is that um, we've had this conversation with our MRS partners a few times too. you know a lot of times we make assumptions about the needs of individuals with disabilities yes. and that person may not require those things that you think they need. Uh, when was the last time you gave them the opportunity to express what their needs were? And it, it's probably not what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, I think one of the coolest experiences I had with uh, Michigan Works. This was probably about four years ago, and there were some companies in Lansing that actively wanted to hire people with disabilities. So Myers was one of them, and they just could not find talent mm-hmm. in Lansing. Mm-hmm. And Knowing the population we had in Flint, uh, Michigan Works hosted a job fair. So just uh, 60 random people, you know, in the Michigan work systems uh, took a leap, came to a workshop and we talked about disabilities, what they are. Um, And at the beginning of the uh, training, you know, you've got 60 people in the room and you ask how many people have disabilities, none. I mean, no one's going to self-identify as having a disability. And as you talk through what it is, um, you know, a gentleman came up and said, at the end, I'll kind of give it away. At the end, we had uh, about 45 out of 60 that had disabilities. Uh, 45 got on a bus, they went to Lansing, they interviewed for jobs, and 43 got hired on the spot. Amazing. And so again, when you're kind of rethinking disabilities, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not always somebody in a wheelchair, it's not always uh, these assumptions. And I'll tell you, there was uh, a company in Detroit uh, that was actively trying to hire people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And we, their assumption was just like you were saying, every person with a disability needs an accommodation. And uh, this is a large corporate company, uh, tens of thousands of employees. And so I asked them, I'm just curious, uh, you have employees who have diabetes? And they said, yes. I'm like, do they all have accommodations? No. You know, they know how to manage their own... Uh, disability. And Hmm. it could be something as simple as um, somebody who's hypoglycemic, they might have some extra food or snacks in their drawer, they might need a break from time to time. Uh, These are not expensive accommodations or uh, major things, it's just employers that want to have the most productive uh, workforce and employees that reach their full potential. They're the ones that are looking at this talent pool.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of conversations around being an employer of choice, and so much mm-hmm. of that has to do with really knowing and understanding the needs of your workforce. And many times um, those accommodations are, are inexpensive or or you know, in some cases it just requires a little bit of flexibility that most people are more than willing to work within.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wonder... Uh, I think about every single study that's ever been done. I mean, you're talking major studies of folks with disabilities in the workplace for the past 50 years mm-hmm. all show the same thing whether it's uh, DuPont, Sears, IBM, Myers, Walgreens, it's employees with disabilities perform at a higher rate, mm-hmm. they have less absenteeism. I mean, they are great employees. And then you wonder why? I mean, mm-hmm. why don't folks tap into that? And I think over the last uh, few years, we've really come to understand uh, an unconscious bias that people have. Mm -hmm. So, and you see it, uh, you know, Starbucks shut down all of their stores uh, around an unconscious bias training. Yes. Sephora, same thing, uh, shut down their stores. And I think around disabilities, uh, they did a study uh, a few years back that 75% of people are just terrified to walk up and have a conversation with somebody with a disability. Mm -hmm when somebody looks different than you or talks or walks different than you it's totally normal to have uh, discomfort so once you understand that bias and Mm -hmm. you can overcome that Mm -hmm. that's when uh, you realize not every person with a disability Mm -hmm. needs an accommodation and here's the real mind bender I mean this Mm -hmm. is the one that uh, really that document that we shared ahead of time when you think about the hundreds and hundreds of disabilities that are Uh, Covered under uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act, or the hundreds and hundreds of disabilities that um, are out there, Mm -hmm. most people have a disability. They just don't know it, or they don't self-identify. Sure, Um, absolutely. There was the CDC, just as an example, uh, reports approximately 150 million people have disabilities. So these are kind of the medical diagnosis, and but yet the census, Mm -hmm. where people Mm self-identify, only 50 million identify hmm. so almost half of adults have disabilities but they don't think of it um, in a way that's a negative or if it is it's a stigma and they don't want to share it in the workplace sure um, but there was a, a relative of mine that's a nurse and mm-hmm. she was applying for a job and a lot of companies now have give opportunities for people to self-identify if you are a LGBTQ or if you're a minority or if mm-hmm. you're a woman. Uh, or if you have a disability Mm -hmm. and it's it's really used just on the recruiting front end uh, because companies want to be diverse they want to be employers of choice Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. she chose not to select that out of fear that they would discriminate against her and it's really just the opposite. The employers yeah. that are asking that are not trying to weed people out. Yeah. They're trying to weed people in. Right? They want great employees.
0: Absolutely. You know, even as you're describing some of those different circumstances, or, or for example, the fear of even mm-hmm. approaching someone, it really calls to my mind that uh, in many cases, depending on, on what the maybe if it's a visible disability, mm-hmm. that person actually may be uniquely qualified to handle troubleshooting and problem solving mm-hmm. situations because they've had to uh, interact with a community and a world of individuals that don't know how to react to them, um,
1: which is a strength, really, for most employers. Yes. Uh, When you start to drill down, and again, I think um, the Chamber's training on unconscious bias is really helpful uh, when folks can really look at, um, hey, these are some of the perceptions or stereotypes, Mm -hmm. but this is really my lived experience around disabilities that... um, you know, they tend to be great problem solvers. They uh, tend to plan ahead. They are great communicators, yeah. uh, because they've had to be. Yeah. Um, but again, it's um, part of that. You know, I think is changing the uh, perception of weaknesses really as strengths. It's understanding mm-hmm. your biases, and then getting a really good game plan on. Again, more than just people with disabilities. How do you have a culture in a workplace where everybody is reaching their potential? Mm-hmm. So when you do that. Um, People with disabilities tend to thrive.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense. I'm a huge, I've probably brought it up on this podcast before, I'm sure. I talk about Brene Brown all the time. I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan. But, you know, with some of the, in some of the conversations that we have in our organization, we did an unconscious bias training for our entire staff, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and it was uncomfortable. I, I mean, it is certainly a, an uncomfortable um, experience for some um, and very eye-opening. And, you know, what's interesting about that, when when I think about, you know, your statement about being brave enough to have conversations and rumble around these conversations, but it's also consistently um, keeping your team and your organization up to date. Um, You know, it's not something that everybody really wants to admit. I I mean, you like to think, I'll speak for myself, that you don't have any unconscious bias until you're faced with a robust training that points out like, oh, I guess I am still thinking backwards about that or yes. you know, maybe there's an opportunity to think differently about that. And so creating those opportunities for change, but I think also just consistently as part of your, your hiring structure and yes. your, your plan, um, most employers, most organizations have some level of turnover um, so you're introducing new people to your hiring processes all the time. Um, and just because you say it as part of your mission or your strategic goals, are you really living those things out in your practice day to day? So it's yes. interesting to think about those organizations that, as you say, are asking those questions up front to intentionally be more inclusive versus, you know, those that maybe feel like, well, we've, we've given it a good effort. We did an unbiased, a con- unconscious bias training
1: last year you know it's uh it's really fascinating we get a lot of calls from uh, employers that um, are asking for help with accommodations we've got a great employee don't want to lose them how can we keep them or we've got an employee that um, of a company that might call and say hey i'm really concerned about this you know Mm -hmm. how can i uh, self-advocate for myself or how can i um, you know make a change in the workplace and yeah you know, I was thinking this uh, one executive called uh, and she said in her um, workplace, she's got co-workers that talk uh, negatively about disabilities so
0: uh,
1: if and again, it's just water cooler type talk, Sure. but it's uh, man, you know, can you believe that uh, child with autism was screaming the other day that uh, mm-hmm. man, I would never, you know, if mm-hmm. I had a child like this or uh, man, if I had this disability, I would just kill myself. I mean, these are conversations that sure. people have. Sure. And here's somebody standing right next to them that has a child with a mm-hmm. disability or or they have that, that disability. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. those type of um, conversations, you never know who has a disability. Never. I mean, most everybody has a disability or knows somebody with a disability. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say kind of one quick joke that uh, I often share around. Uh, when you think of... Um, people who have you know obsessive compulsive or anger management Mm, uh mm -hmm. you know conflict uh issues these are typically your ceos of companies (laughs) you're talking about so yes there are leaders with disabilities right uh but we did a a training for a a local company we had 50 of their top executives come in and uh asked how many had a disability it was kind of an anonymous clicker activity and two out of 50 self-identified and Mm the end of the training once you kind of reframe it and you understand what it is uh, 45 out of the 50 and it was really an aha moment that wow. it's not that we have to do some extra effort uh, some new things to hire people with disabilities we're already hiring people with disabilities we have people with disabilities in our workplace yes. that we could be embracing we could be championing yeah. and that opens the door for those 20,000 people I mean who wouldn't want to work at a place um, yeah, I, I kind of draw the analogy that uh, would a company, if they did an internal survey and they found that 95% of their employees were LGBTQ, mm-hmm. obviously they're open, uh, they're uh, an inclusive workplace, um, but would they change their conversations? Would they change their recruiting? Yeah, And I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing on disability, that mm-hmm. once you know and you have that aha moment, mm-hmm. that 20,000 people on the sidelines in Flint doesn't seem like a scary population it doesn't seem like a population that you can't reach the opposite they are just like you yeah so
0: absolutely well and i I love the idea of organizations that are doing work to create a more open and inclusive Mm -hmm. culture so that it for those that are trying to enter the workforce with a disability it they don't have an extra unnecessary barrier to employment Mm -hmm. and that's just undefined there are already enough defined barriers that we're aware of, just getting employed in, in, in cases for many people. Transportation, certainly mm-hmm. one of them, um, that affects anyone, whether you have a disability or you don't. Um, but certainly, I think that creating a community that is welcoming and opening and constantly educating organizations about how to improve your culture and uh, take advantage of the opportunity of hiring very skilled individuals in a time, especially, you know, all the time, but especially when we have employers every day that are saying how great their their talent needs are.
1: And, you know, businesses don't have to do it on their own. We've mm-hmm. got great partners here in Flint and Genesee County, so Michigan Works is mm-hmm. a partner. They can help with this. Um, Michigan Rehab Services, uh, you know, an employment agency for folks with disabilities... Yeah. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce has great resources and I'll tell you the one of the newest members of our community I'm really excited about is an organization called Peckham yes. uh, they do advanced manufacturing uh, military clothing and I'll tell you it was a really competitive it took about four years to bring them to Flint Amazing. Uh, they're hiring 200 people uh, with plans to grow yeah. um, you know I see the need in Flint uh, they could hire 600 people in three years wow. uh, the contracts are there and these are contracts that are specifically targeted for hiring people with disabilities. So yeah. 70% of their workforce are people with disabilities. So you have people with and without disabilities working side by side. But this company, uh, Peckham, yeah. really, uh, if folks wanted to see it in practice, what does an inclusive workplace look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great organization. Because sometimes you have to see it to believe it. Absolutely. I mean, you hear it and it sounds its too good to be true. Yeah. Um, and Peckham... Um, you know, opened up their uh, business here back in June. They did a grand opening just last week, and what they shared was that of their 3,000 employees across the United States, mm-hmm. that Flint, uh, people with disabilities in Flint, making military clothing, had a higher percentage of productivity, higher on-time rate, less absenteeism. The best workforce they have is here in Flint. And people don't know that, yeah. uh, and they've specifically targeted people with disabilities, and it was competitive. You know, They could have looked at Arizona, they could have looked at Detroit, they could sure. have looked at Grand Rapids. They chose Flint yeah. because of the disability population. It was not Flint because it was a weakness, or the water crisis, or a tragedy, right. it was the opposite. Right. Flint has um, weak uh, strengths, they have assets, they have people with disabilities who want to work.
0: Absolutely. I, I couldn't think of a better success story mm-hmm. than sharing that. what's what's next? what are, What are you looking forward to in the next year at the disability
1: Network? So uh, you know I think with uh, with the disability network, our goal is really to keep pushing out this change in attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been actively uh, helping companies with job fairs and try to reach out to the disability community. Yeah. and I'll, I'll just share one um, example at a job fair. Uh, there was. And I'll, you know, for folks that are in the Flint and Genesee County area, you know this about our community with, you know, the high poverty rate, and mm-hmm. um, you know, what tends to happen is you get cycles of poverty or you get cycles of disability, and you can break that. I mean, the people listening today, employers and service providers, you can break that cycle mm-hmm. by including people with disabilities. Uh, at a recent job fair, there was a, a mom and a daughter. The daughter was in her twenties and was applying for the job. And she shared that um, at a, a job uh, interview the previous week, she went to apply. It was a fast food place, Okay. 28-year-old, and she needed help filling out the application. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant manager said, I'm sorry, we don't hire people with disabilities here. Oh, my so goodness. You can't say that. I mean, it's illegal, but it happens every single day. Absolutely. People don't feel welcome. Uh, they don't feel invited to be a part of the workforce and contribute. So she didn't apply, and she Mm -hmm. felt like she'd never be able to work. But when we partnered on a job fair, you got somebody that showed up, somebody that trusted uh, the disability network or trusted the employer, that it was intentional, it was sincere, it was a real opportunity. What was so exciting is not only did the daughter apply, but the mother who was on disability who wasn't working also applied. She Mm -hmm. had no intention of applying, but when she came in and she saw this is an opportunity, Uh, She has skills and talents. Uh, So there are people that have had great work experiences that have been out of the workforce for health or disability reasons, but they've recovered or they're ready to get back in. And they just need an employer to see the talent, uh, not the weakness, see the strength, uh, and provide an opportunity. And these are for qualified employers. I mean, you have to have the skills. You have to have the talent. Uh, but if you look, uh, it's there.
0: Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Equal opportunity. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We're looking forward to hopefully partnering with you on some projects in the future. Um, but every day we're a, a willing partner to um, help spread the word and change mindsets. and. Uh, create opportunities for folks with disabilities to go to work in our community.
1: Well, thank you for, again, Disability Employment Awareness Month, October, uh, putting a focus on it. Uh, We do this every month. Yes. (laughs) So uh, feel free to reach us uh, at the Disability Network. Uh, Our website is disnetwork.org. And uh, folks are always welcome to pick up the phone, 810-742-1800, and reach out to partners. Uh, Thank you. Thank you.